Hey Upper Features, hope you're having a great day so far. This week I talk with Jack of Blackbird Kitchen. He gives me his origin story. We talk about how they perfected their burrito tacos and consomme. He gives me the best method for making a smash burger. Part of the reason their burgers are so delicious is they get their beef from the butcher and grocer, so top-notch ingredients. We talk about the income disparity between front of the house and back of the house. He tells me about fist fights in the back of the house and much, much more. I was hoping you could maybe give me uh, your origin story, a little background on your cooking history and, and what got you to where you are today. I went to culinary school at Columbus State, did that for a couple of years, and then kind of got my footing in the country clubs, like uh, the Lakes and Jefferson. So most of my training was from there, kind of like formal training. Then I worked on a couple of food trucks. I worked for a tortilla with Walter for a little bit. Started working at Stevens Catering, and that's kind of my introduction to Grandview area. And we just opened Blackbird like a year ago. So fast and furious. What made you want to pitch a restaurant like what you like you're just you really believe in your food or like what was what was the impetus to to go your own way well it's kind of just a spur of the moment thing jimmy woodland has that kitchen inside woodland's tavern and he didn't have anybody in his kitchen so we i would do some catering at the backyard his other bar so he called me and said hey i got this kitchen if you want to get in it it's yours it was the summer of last year and i was in actually on vacation with my family so i we kind of put the concept together and like two weeks <laughs> that really goes to show like it's all about who you know dude like I feel like yeah. most most people are like pitching themselves constantly and all this stuff and like he he must really believe in you or are you guys friends or like you know like we done we did the catering at, at Woodland's backyard so he kind of had a feel of our food and I had never met him before that so yeah I think he just had a little bit of trust in me and we went for it so Jack your menus are very creative and I like how you always have like different tacos every week you're always experimenting and stuff that makes me wish that I could see what your space would look like. Do you have any plans on getting a brick and mortar? Yeah, we, we don't have any plans right now for like a full on brick and mortar. It takes years and years of kind of like testing and development to get a full on restaurant concept. So we're still inside of a year. And, you know, the year that we've been open has just been nuts. But kind of with COVID and, you know, the up and down, we're not really sure what we're allowed to do. We're still defining kind of our point of view and kind of where we stand as a as our concept. You know, with each menu we're putting out, we're kind of we're kind of honing that in and doing better and better stuff. Well, do you like your friends like try to pitch you ideas and stuff like taco, like menu ideas and stuff? Uh, yeah, my wife is the big one. She's like, you know, <laughs> she does all the Instagram stuff. So she's always kind of on Instagram to kind of trying to find trends and stuff like that. You know, we only have two employees, myself and two um, great ladies. Um, and one of them is her name's Consuelo. She's from Mexico City and she just works her ass off. So she really I've learned a lot from her kind of just, you know, every week we kind of do new stuff. And we're always working on stuff. So, yeah, we're just striving to get better every week. I appreciate that. And you can definitely tell there's a lot of passion behind it. The burrito is amazing. I think your consomme is like the X factor because sometimes consommes can be too like too oily, too greasy or too thin. Somehow you guys nailed it. Like, did you have to work really hard on, on getting that perfect burrito? It's just like any recipe. You know, when you start out, it's kind of like, you know, just the idea is there. But, you know, when you make something three, four times a week, you're always tweaking it and you're always making it better. I think just, you know, with the tacos, you get so little consomme. Like, you know, I think it just, it needs to be like, it's just got to punch you in the face. Yeah. So we, you know, we really bulked up the amount of chilies that we're putting in with the variety of chilies and we cook it down. It's, it's an eight hour process. Starts nice. out at about 10 gallons of liquid and ends up at about three by the time we're done. Really, it's really concentrated. So have you, have you made any taco creations that you had a lot of hope in, but then they kind of bombed, like your customers just weren't feeling it? Have you had any disasters like that? And if so, how did you overcome that? When we sit down and we think about ideas, we like to just do some outlandish stuff. And a lot of really traditional Mexican recipes are kind of like used with what's left over. I think that's kind of like the taco idea. So, you know, we've messed around with like, tacos de lingua like the beef tongue stuff like that but sometimes the crowd's just not feeling some of that wild <laughs> stuff 
Yeah. So, you know, we, it's kind of, you got to have a balance. You know, we want to do the fun stuff, but you know, at the end of the day, you got to sell food. Of course, definitely. What would you say the most unique taco you've ever eaten is? Oh, I love tripe. You start telling people about stomach lining and stuff like that. And they just, people get sketched out. Yeah, that's fair. The texture kind of weirds me out because I've tried it a couple times because I'm kind of jealous of people that like it. And it's just the texture kind of freaks me out, man. When, when you go to Mexico, they, they'll cook it down and get it really soft. And then when they put it on the flat top, they just sear it really hard. And then they lay the tortilla on top of it while it's cooking. So that bottom part gets really crispy. And I think if you've got something like tripe, you know, or even like beef tongue, you got to have that contrast texture because that I think texture is a main thing for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. And do you have a preference of like a corn shell or a flour shell, tortilla shell? Uh, I, yeah, I'm corn all the way. We just did some blue corn last week. Um, with some mushrooms we got some chanterelles from the produce company that were great and we made some blue corn tortillas I just like the texture better of the corn tortillas yeah I like both I think I think any kind of taco you can give me I think is, is a win here so Jack I'm, I'm sure you're probably super busy working a lot of the times but when you go out to eat could you give me like a top three favorite Columbus Ohio restaurants well the best meal I've ever had sit down start to finish was at Veritas the stuff they do there is just amazing I mean they take simple ingredients I love the way they, their menu is written. It's just a list of ingredients and they just execute flawlessly. The chef over there, I think his name's Josh Dalton. He just crushes it. I mean, nice. it's if you're going to spend the money and you're in Columbus, I think that is a must stop. And what did you get there that was so amazing? What was your best, your best dining experience there? They had this fermented corn pasta. I think it was maybe a capoletti. It was the, these little purses and it was just corn pasta in the sauce. But they did the, you know, they fermented the corn, they roasted the corn. They just highlighted corn it was it was just beautiful nice. sour texture it was amazing beautiful i love that they had a like a little strip steak that had the super spicy like chimichurri on it i mean they just they crushed it hell yeah dude are you a big spice guy like do you are you a heat seeker the hotter the better <laughs> <laughs> dude some hot before we got on here and i'm regretting it now i'm still sweating from it <laughs> <laughs> hoggy's barbecue every year they do like a super hot chicken wing sauce and they dm'd me the other day said the peppers are ready so uh, you should check out Hoggy's BBQ. They have like the super death sauce and you should definitely go there and try it out. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, sounds great. So what would you say your second and third best restaurants are? You know, I love a great steak, the top, Eddie Merlot's. And I don't even need sides. If I do, can just get a nicely seasoned, seared piece of beef, um, I'm all in for that. That's cool. And you're probably mid-rare, I'm guessing? Uh, you know, it depends on the steak. I really like strip steaks like mid-rare, but if I get a more of a ribeye, kind of a softer steak, I'd lean towards medium, just texture thing for me have you ever had uh, a5 wagyu i have not i'm not that rich yet i'm still working <laughs> dude me neither and the thing is it's so ungodly expensive but i just want to try it so bad oh it's, it's beautiful some of the pictures i see it doesn't even look real it's like just fat personating itself as meat i mean it's <laughs> it's nuts yeah and i feel like too like i would have to go to like one of my friends that owns a business and have them cook it because i think i would ruin it like one time i tried to make a smash burger and they said that I smashed it wrong and I don't know how you can smash it wrong, but I guess I, I managed to do that. So, so, cause I've seen some smash burgers where they smash it like with like a tortilla press kind of thing, or then they smash it on the grill. Do you have an opinion on which one is better? So we get our started. We press it like halfway actually. And we do use our tortilla press. Uh, we take two like little wax sheets of paper and we press it down, you know, we portion it and we press it like halfway. And then when the order comes in, we'll just put that on the flat top and let it sit. So it can kind of soften up a little bit. And then we just smash the shit out of it. I mean, we get it as flat as we can. And I, we try to get it to the point where there's little holes kind of in the beef almost. So that way, you know, sometimes when you cook a burger, it shrinks up a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. So we break up that texture and we just really press it down. I don't think you can press it too far, to be honest. <laughs> so you're not losing any any juices, any flavor? Because I found conflicting information on Google, but I feel like you're probably the expert for this one. A lot of that comes down to the quality of your products. If you're buying tube steak from Kroger and you're trying to make a burger out of it, I don't think that's, it's not going to be good no matter what. Get all our beef from the butcher and the grocer and it's great products. And we cook our burgers. They take no longer than 90 seconds. We sear it really hard, like probably 90% the most of the way on one side, we flip it, we cheese it, and then it's done. Dang. So a burger order, t- it takes us longer to toast the bun than it does to cook the actual burger. When you smash the shit out of it, and then you got to try to get the spatula under there, like, is it challenging not to just crumble it up and ruin it into a million pieces? Yeah, you got to have a nice sharp spatula and you got to really, you know, when we flip it, we turn the spatula over and we just dig down into the flat top. Because <laughs> if you know, if you leave that crust on the flat top, you're kind of ruining the whole point of it. Right, exactly. Hey, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening so far. If you're liking it, please subscribe, tell a friend. If you're loving it, please give us a five-star review. Do you have a favorite burger place here in town? I really love that chili pepper burger from Flipside. Great quality beef, and they put this big onion ring on there, and it's like this spicy, I don't want to compare it to ketchup, but it's like, I know it has sriracha in it and pickled jalapenos and hot pickles. Oh my God. You know what? I'm going to admit something here. I kind of had like an elitist attitude towards that place because it's at Easton. I just assumed it was bad. But per your recommendation, I'm going to go try it. Dude, it's good. Yeah. Is it a chain? Do you know? Or is because it, it seems like it's a chain and that's not too bad if it is. I'm just wondering. I don't know if it's it's not like your Applebee's style chain. I think they are out of Cleveland and I think there might be three or four locations, but nice. they're doing good food. I mean, that's what it comes. To. And the thing is, is like I'll eat I'll eat fast food and stuff like I like Chipotle a lot. And I guess Wendy's is probably my favorite fast food. Do you have a favorite fast food burger? I'm uh, not a burger, but I get down on Taco Bell. Dude, if you're if you're drunk or whatever, Taco Bell is like five star dining. It's the best. Yeah, I, three or four beers, and I'm all about Taco Bell. <laughs> What's your go to order at Taco Bell? Uh, crunch wrap, no sour cream, and maybe Doritos Locos tacos. Hell yeah, dude! I'm also no sour cream myself too. I'm right with you on that, dude. Do you have any unpopular food opinions? My wife and I argue about bananas. Um, she likes them green, which I think is absolutely horrible to eat and for me the older the better i like brown bananas soft mushy i you know what's funny is i hate bananas but i still eat them because they're cheap and they're healthy but i don't even (laughs) like them (laughs) and literally just like like that's my version of adulting is i'm just like well if i eat this banana that i don't want to eat i'm basically a health god so would you say that you learned more at school at columbus state or more like actually in the kitchen doing stuff you know culinary school is great it's great for technique and stuff like that but to actually get down and start doing stuff in in the kitchen nothing can compare with just being on the job knocking stuff out would you say that when you were like a cook and or caterer do you think that your culinary background helped you get jobs? Yeah, I mean, your background and really a lot of the kitchen industry is, you know, who you know and what people know about you. Because, I mean, cooks are constantly bouncing around. You know, it's a very high turnover field. Yeah. To have a cook more than two or three years is very rare. Yeah, I wish you guys, I wish the back of the house could get paid more. It's kind of fucked up. Like, I remember complaining on like a Monday night about how horrible my tips were and like kind of complaining in front of the back of the house and then my buddy was like, you realize how much they made tonight? And I'm like, oh my God, dude, like, fuck. Like, it's just, it's so brutal. Like, do you have any thoughts on that? Like the the income disparity between front of the house and back of the house? You know, I think it's kind of who you're working for and where you're working at. You know, if a place is taking advantage of you, you know, this is kind of a thing that's come up over the last year with, with you know, kind of people quitting the industry. It's as much on the cooks themselves as it is on the business owners. If you're not happy at a place, you know, you got to make yourself better and, and find a new place to work at. Kind of the whole thing of, I deserve more money is and in the end of the day, you have to earn your paycheck. I mean, so the better the cook you are, the more opportunities you're going to have and the better places you can work at. But no, it's definitely an underappreciated field. The amount of work and grinding and 
seven, eight days in a row. It's, you really got to love it to do it. I always want cooks to make more money, but you know, like I said, you, you got to earn it. Yeah. Anyways, on a lighter note, do you have a favorite chicken nugget you've ever had? Like best fast food or fast casual chicken nug? You know, I'm not a, I'm not a chicken nugget person. Can't get down on nuggets. No nugs. What about wings? You a wing guy? Oh, I love wings. I, I'm, I'm devastated on the wing situation right now. Yeah, the cost is brutal. It's ruining everything. I just checked today. It's like $159 a case of wings right now. Jesus Christ. Just yeah, you know, the football season coming up at the bar. We had to take them off the menu. And we've got a new fall menu coming out soon. And I was hoping to get them back on there. But I just can't charge someone $24 for 12 wings. I just, I just feel bad about it. Yeah, it's really tough because I feel like you got to do what you got to do. And it's like, maybe you could sprinkle some gold flakes on there and then just charge a hundred. <laughs> really just to overdo it, man. I actually like Buffalo Wild Wings a lot. That's probably my only chain that I really love. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when I used to get wings, I, I would go to Average Joe's a lot. And Average Joe's wings weren't bad. They're average. average. Yeah, they are <laughs> average. But average is better than bad. Um, I really like I really like smoked wings. So any kind of barbecue joint is doing smoked wings. That's kind of my favorite way to do it. Hell yeah, dude. Smoked wings. I, have you had Valter's chicken wings? They're amazing. Uh-uh. He, do you know where he is? He's like on South High Street, like right across the street from Gresso's. But he grills them on the grill first, and then he deep fries them, and he has like this Jägermeister buffalo sauce. Super delicious. And are you the kind of dad where you're like, whatever I'm making, you're eating? Or do you let them have special requests? I mean, they can choose, but we all eat the same thing. Yeah, that's well, when I was a kid, there was no choice. My mom was like, you're yeah. eating what I made. That's what dinner is. Enjoy. Yeah. We don't do three different plates for dinner. We make dinner and we eat together. And if you don't eat, that's breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> now, are you at home making like creative, fancy artisanal dishes? Or would you make like regular dad dishes, do you say, when you're oh, at home? I'm the laziest home cook. <laughs> My, my wife cooks four days a week and I might cook maybe two days a week at home. I get it. I mean, you're cooking all day. Like, cause when you're, when you're at work, you're not just being like a manager role. Like you're actually like helping cook as well. Yeah. I get on the grill probably four days a week. Dang dude. Have you ever been a front of the house worker or have you always been back of the house? No, nah, I've just always been a degenerate cook. <laughs> degenerate <laughs> cook. Dude, you seem so smiley. I feel like you would crush it at front of the house. You would get all the tips. My problem is I'm just not good at kissing people's ass. So like, yeah. you know, when someone, someone asks me something, I just have to tell them. Yeah. To be a good server, you have to just, you have to laugh at fake jokes that you've heard a million times. Like you have to like, you have to kiss ass for sure. Do you have any fun debauchery chef stories? You know, kind of, I think the craziest are just kitchen fights. I mean, you're with the same people for so long, just grinding, getting pissed off that just when fights break out in the kitchen, it's, it's a shit show. I mean, oh there's, I've seen people get choke slammed against cooler doors and Whoa. it gets crazy. It's crazy in the kitchen. Have you had any physical altercations yourself? No, I'm not a very good fighter. I try to avoid those situations. I don't want to get beat up. The back of the house is like the wild, wild west for sure. Oh yeah, there's pranks that go wrong that people don't like. And it's, if customers could see what happens behind the walls, I don't think a lot of people would like it at all. I mean, it's savage back. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's a, it's a lot of crazy language, crazy. Like it's not PC back there. Like it, they say really oh, no. wild stuff and you got a small team. So you better be nice to those ladies back there. Cause you got oh, a yeah. small little space. <laughs> no, Consuela doesn't take any shit. She, she will hurt me. <laughs> Shout out Consuela. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> Does Consuela help a lot with the, the taco recipes as well? Oh yeah. I mean, she's, you know, she's kind of a traditionalist. So she knows basic recipes and then we kind of put just twists on stuff. Your deep fried mac and cheese balls. Those were really good. And I'm assuming those were made in house, right? Yeah, everything's made in house from the bread to the all the sauces. The only thing we don't make is like mustard and cheese. 
Dude, that's incredible. And you can tell because so many like bar food places will just give you the frozen Gordon food service bullshit fried mac and cheese ball. So I really appreciated that yours was like made in house. Yeah, that's kind of the concept we started out with. We can take your what you would expect in a bar, but it doesn't have to be bar quality. So we're trying to just knock out, you know, simple stuff that's just done the right way. Would you identify as like elevated bar food? Is that what you would say your restaurant is? I don't want to put us in the bar food category. We're inside a bar, but I mean, we're just trying to do simple stuff the, the way that should be done. Food that we want to eat. I mean, that's kind of where we're at. When we write recipes and we come up with different menu items, it's just stuff that we want to eat. It's stuff I want to eat too, man. I love that you put bacon in your guacamole. That was epic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that didn't go over that well, actually. Getting back to the things that didn't sell that much. I don't know if people got, got turned off by it, but. That's weird. Okay, fair enough, weirdos. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't, I don't want to police anyone's palate. People eat whatever they want. I feel like I asked you everything I wanted to ask you, but if there's something that you wanted to talk about that didn't come up naturally or that you just want to talk about, uh, now's your time to go ahead and do that. Ah, nothing. I think we covered a lot of stuff, man. All right, cool. Well, awesome, man. Well, I hope you have a good rest of your day, buddy. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Hey, that was the episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you could please remember to share this podcast, tell a friend, share us on social media, give us a five-star review. I'd greatly appreciate it. Spoiler alert, next week I'm going to release a solo episode. It makes me really happy that so many of you want a solo episode for me. So I'm going to put something together this week. I'm going to record some fun stories. So if you have any questions or whatever, Feel free to hit me up on Instagram or send me an email or go to my website, UpperFeastSide.com. 